1: Plus-minus? Curry, way down top! Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there.
2: <laughs> plus-minus? Play hey, driving! Again! God! Oh! You're killing me! Tell Marcus that. He asked the, you know, that question about my defense. Did you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus-minus in the season in NBA history. been a long time since we've been together like this right it's been what how long two
1: days
2: (laughs) (laughs) but this is a Warriors plus minus edition which only means we are in the confines of our home well two of us (laughs) are one of us
0: has been chased out of his home scrambled scrambled (laughs) out of there by construction workers to try to find a semi-quiet spot but I believe it's been accomplished we shall see but, yeah, I've been had to, had to move on the fly. We had to figure rejigger this whole thing to make sure I can actually be heard or I could actually hear anything, and off
2: we go. That is Tim Kawakami. This is Marcus Thompson. We've got Anthony Slater. And we've got a Western Conference Finals
1: matchup. Did you think we'd be here when the season began? When the season began? No. I don't think Dallas did. Dallas – traded Christoph Porzingis at the deadline and it didn't seem like the er, urgent type move to like let's compete now right when teams usually make big deadline moves it was more let's get Porzingis off the roster they'll take the essentially I don't want to call it dead money in Dinwiddie and Bertans but it didn't feel like it was you know to reconfigure a core that was going to make some run but it worked Dallas surged Phoenix faded against them we can get into that a little if you want but this matchup materialized suddenly. Honestly, I started to think this was a possibility late in the season. I will say that.
0: I thought the Warriors were just fated to play Phoenix. I did. 62 wins, or whatever the hell it was, should mean something. It almost always does mean something. You'll at least get to the conference finals. I think we all kind of saw there was some softness in the Suns, but I thought just, you know, pedigree would, would come out. And that did not happen. I am stunned, although, you know, I had a Warriors person saying, you know, it was before game six saying, you know what? Phoenix is kind of the team we want to play. Like, we don't like not having home court if we play Phoenix, but and we you know, would like having home court against Dallas. But we kind of like the way we match up against Phoenix and not so sure about Dallas. That's what the person was saying. This is before the Warriors even played, So maybe there was something to it. Luka is an obvious thing that everybody has to deal with. But I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Phoenix just didn't find a way to get through that. I thought they were the better team. I thought they were the deeper team. I thought they were the deepest team in the West. I thought 62 wins really meant something. And turns out in Game 7, it meant nothing. I am surprised to be at this point, no question.
2: It was pretty resounding. The Warriors felt like they could beat Phoenix. <laughs> it just, there was a lot of people who felt like we can beat Phoenix. And they did. You know, Part of it was they did. But if you just look at Phoenix, they just had places the Warriors can exploit. And Luca, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Woody. they did exactly that. They exploited him. I don't know. It it does feel like that was the mountain that needed to be climbed, though. The Phoenix.
1: I don't know that this is a harder series, but it's a trickier series. I think with Phoenix, they were going to, like, dictate a lot of the action. And, like, you know, they were going to try to use Draymond to really exploit Aiden and it just felt like they were hunting as we talked about even during the last podcast they would have been hunting even going to try to steal a game uh, out of the first two whereas this one you could argue is could end up being an easier series but it's just they are going to have to adjust to some of the stuff that the Mavericks do and the Mavericks are coming after them in the first couple games and I think there's just a little bit more fear about this matchup because it's not as traditional for them.
0: I think Dallas is weird. They don't have the defensive players that Phoenix does, but I think they're a better defense. That Jason kid throwing up some magic. They are playing really good defense. They absolutely shut down Chris Paul in the final three games of the series. Now, maybe some of that is Paul just tiring out, but that's what you get credit for. Can we, can we get were...
1: Patrick Beverly on the podcast <laughs> for, for, for this segment?
0: This is going out. He's going off on season three these days. Uh, hey, this is the time to do it, but. Like, they played the Warriors tough. To I mean, we all know Warriors didn't have all their guys in their matches when they went 1-3, but I don't recall a time when I thought the Warriors, like, had the Mavericks figured out offensively. They had some trouble. It's that, you know, Jason Kidd kind of tricked up defense, stop staff, you know, defend the three. We've seen it before. We've seen it a lot. Saw Memphis do a lot of it. I think that's going to cause the Warriors some problems. They're going to try to force Draymond and Looney and whoever else, Kaminga, whoever else playing to shoot. And take the ball out of Steph's and Clay's hands. Like we've seen it. I think there's going to be some, and, and the pressure's on the Warriors. They got to win these first two games. Like they love going elsewhere and winning that, one of those two road games. They got to defend their court now. They got to, you know, make sure they win these two games. Then it could be quick. If they lose one of them, I'm talking about like six, seven game series. And, and I, I do think this could go deep.
1: I think it's seven. I picked it in seven. The differing defensive tactics in this series will be, especially early, will be interesting to monitor
0: i read your piece it was your, your uh, preview i re- the whole thing was great and you know i like the fact that you mentioned Kaminga. i hadn't really thought about him as a potential guard Doncic, but i i think they're going to play a lot of zone or or box in one you know because that's what they did against Jokic. they don't have the personnel other than wiggins to really match up with, with Doncic, and you got a switch and then they got pool guarding them I, I, mean, I just don't think they're going to want that that's, you, you solve that by playing some zone, right? Box and one, dude, mess around with him a little bit. If you put clay on him in a box and one, whatever, and lean people towards him. I, I just can see some of that happening. I think it's going to be a
2: lot of uh, Wiggins and then Draymond to close. I think because the the difference with Dallas, even though I think they're going to be incredibly tough to match up with because they have three offensive creators on the floor when they close in uh, Luka, Dinwiddie, and Brunson. The difference is the back line, right? They don't have any, they don't have people in the back line who the Warriors have to worry about.
1: So, Cleep is a decent rim protector. Uh, but not, so to, be so. not scoring. He's he, he
0: <laughs> not scoring on the back line. He's he not scoring on the back line.
1: He, he oh, he oh, you mean the like fight. as a lob guy? Yeah. I'm just saying that like there's Adam, no yeah, reason yeah, for Adam, Draymond yeah, to yeah, stay in the paint. Yeah, there's Adams no reason to
0: need him there. Yeah, Adam's here in Jackson, as we're talking about, I think, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yes, no. This isn't Clint Capella. My bad. I thought you meant defensive. A lot of Draymond
2: on Luca down the stretch. Like, I mean, obviously he's gonna defend on foul trouble. I don't know that uh, Wiggins is big enough, <laughs> but to me, Kamiga makes sense because you just gotta you gotta have somebody physical on Luca. You can't have somebody who you can just push around. So I'd be curious to see how Wiggins hand, handles
1: it. But that's just a lot of body. Wiggins guarded him pretty well this season when it was like operating in in you know isolation or or. or pick and roll settings where it's really you know they want powell on the court because you could play looney you could do drop coverage wiggins can trail like it's much easier for them to defend luka Powell's on the court powell won't be on the court much it'll be mostly be Cleva five out and the problem to me isn't you know wiggins against them or draymond at times the problem is you saw it in the last dallas game if the Warriors are going to switch Dallas plays a very patient style where well, they'll get the switch and then they'll drag it out and just let Luca go against it. And if they are going to, and I don't think they should, but they did the last time, if they just let Luca pick his defender and go at him, he ain't going to pick Wiggins. He's going to pick Curry. He's going to pick Poole. is going to have a massive target on his back in this series. That's going to be a problem. That's where the zone comes in, though.
2: <laughs> I do think I do think that's where it goes on.
1: Yes, they're going to need to be creative and and, and you know, I don't think they want to double, but I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it's what I put in the preview, and maybe it was just Steph Curry's frustration at the time, but the Warriors had lost seven and nine. But the way that fourth quarter played out the last time these two saw each other where Steph took zero shots in 12 minutes, and he played all 12 minutes of the fourth zero shots. And then because every time he was crossing half court, we should get to that side of the ball. Jason Kidd was doubling him. Like crazy. And Jason Kidd will double him in the series. And on the other side, they were letting Luca just match up, hunt, go one on one, and he kept scoring. And Steph, post game, I mean, I put the quote in my article, but he said, You very rarely hear Steph like talk tactics like this post game, pretty pretty honestly. We got to get more aligned on what we're trying to do defensively. They were trying to hunt isolations, and it seemed like they had the whole court to work with. Maybe take a page out of the way they defended us, which means. You got the star, maybe a frustrated star at the time saying, maybe we double, maybe we trap, maybe we get the ball out of Lucas hands. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but Steph saying that means he might be in the meetings this week being like, yeah, you know, let's get it out of his hands. Now, wait a minute. Do they
0: listen to Steph and Draymond on stuff? Do they, does that happen, this team? Occasionally. <laughs> not the 15th man on the roster, say, they don't. not on
1: personnel decisions, but maybe on, <laughs> on court tactics.
0: Look what they did to the Phoenix game. I mean, they just took the ball. Booker wasn't going to beat him, right? The, the Booker was going to get somebody, one and a half guys on him at all times, make Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton shoot the ball, and they did not want to shoot the ball. Now, Warriors got guys who are going to want to shoot the ball, but that's going to happen. That's Jason Kidd's way to go, and it's pretty good in the NBA. You know, when these pressure games th- that you make the other guys beat you, and we'll see if the Warriors have the other guys. I, I, it's just going to be the same thing we've seen, maybe even multiple it's times. It's Wiggins and Clay. Wiggins They're and Clay. Yeah, Wiggins and Clay and Draymond. I mean, it's going to be Draymond. I mean, Draymond didn't shoot the ball a ton in Game Six, but he, you know, he looked like he wanted to, and that made all the difference. Dallas is going to be begging him to shoot, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And we'll see if he's aggressive like he was in Game 6. Again, he wasn't making jump shots, but he makes something to just attack the basket and not try to pass it every single time. I just think it's a huge deal. Dallas averages,
2: is averaging 2.5 blocks in this in these playoffs, which is 15 out of 16 teams. And Memphis is at 6.1. Like
1: It's just a different animal on the back line. It changes everything. Not just the back line, by the way. Memphis obviously forced the most turnovers in the nba this season dallas was like 22nd now they've got good wing defense i like bullock i like obviously finney smith's really good wing defender Kleba's is better than people think he's switchable that's really matters in their five out scheme but they don't disrupt as marcus has mentioned it's less steals less blocks like if you're draymond now there was one
2: play that was so surprising tk you talked about him being aggressive he had the ball in the paint against jaron jackson feet planted right no movement just there and he puts a shoulder into jaron jackson's chest and then goes up and scores the layup it's like you've never seen draymond you'll see draymond do that right but to me if you can be that aggressive against jaron jackson to me this is a series where like draymond can really be aggressive but I, i do think we saw what happened in denver and the first three games of the memphis series is that if Steph and Jordan Poole gets past the first line of defense, they're gonna attack the paint. They're just gonna, they're gonna attack the paint. And the way Memphis changed it was going big and clogging the paint. I just don't know that Dallas can do that. So to me, what's tricky about what's tricky about the Dallas is the same thing that makes the Warriors tricky. It's just multiple guys who could create action get inside. And once you do that, you can break down a defense. I feel like that's a little bit more open. The real question is. How do they guard Dallas? That, that's the tough part. And, and, you know, especially at home where they just make threes at a rate that's just feels crazy. I mean, they, they, they're they averaging more threes than anybody in the playoffs. They're shooting, you know, a 38%, which is, you know, a decent percentage to me. And, and that's been the Warriors' weakness, right? They just got lit up from three by Memphis. Can they do something about the shooting of Dallas? If they solve that to me, they solve the final the, the West Finals.
1: Doing before. something about the shooting is not leaving the shooters. But not leaving the shooters. <laughs> I don't know that they can't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's tough because not leaving the shooters generally means like letting Luka do what he wants. And like, you know, I do think that's good that look, that was what they did against Jokic generally. Let, let Jokic score, he averaged thirty-one in the series. They beat him. Let Morant score, he averaged thirty-eight. They were two and one while Morant was there. So that will probably be the strategy, but you know, this is a different level. I feel like they keep leveling. You know, look, Jokic is the MVP and everything. I just think in the playoffs, what Luka does is just the hardest of the three that they face to deal with. Defending Luka makes Jokic, in hindsight, looks
0: a lot look a lot easier, huh? <laughs> yes. Well, also, by the way, Luka's got more guys who are, who are shooting well, right? I mean, if, you know, Jokic had his guys, like Jamal Murray and, you know, Porter there, it would be different. But he didn't. And right now, maybe Dallas guys don't sound that impressive. But Dinwiddie and Brunson and Labor and all the rest and Bullock, they're hot. Like, they're, they're feeling confident. So they're stepping into threes confidently. They're, they're moving the ball. They're getting into the rim themselves. That's better than anybody Jokic had. If he had those guys, that would, be a, would have been a tougher series for the Warriors. And Memphis has decent guys, but Bain really wasn't himself till the end. And they lost Moran. Like, you know, you can tick off the reasons why this is a tougher matchup for the Warriors than the other two. And Luka is probably, you know, a bigger problem for them than any of those guys, even though Jokic is the MVP. He's just bigger. He's just, he hits them at all levels. And they're probably going to let him, uh, you know, shoot some threes because he's so, so dangerous when he gets in the lane. But he might go, you know, eight for for 11 from three, right? He could do that. He was wasn't he basically like that in the first half of the last game. I mean, yeah, I'm he, taking away threes with him. Yeah. I'm making him drive. Then he's, every then he's time. going to the rim. He's going to the rim. He's scoring. That's it's fine. Like, yeah. That's
2: fine. He's got to do that seven games, and let's see if his conditioning holds up.
0: I would agree with that largely, but their tendency is to give up some threes, right? That's kind of their tendency. Oh, no question, no question.
2: We know, we know what they do, but yeah, I would. I'm pressing up on him. He's got to drive by. I want to see. I want to see make Luca drive. Make him drive. For seven straight games and make them defend for seven straight games. Like, that's
0: your best hope. Yeah, make the other guys make shots. And they're going to make shots, but make them make shots, especially on the road. Let's see if those guys can make shots on the road. You know, they did in Game 7 in Phoenix, but they didn't really in the other games in Phoenix. You know, they don't always do that where they attack somebody. They kind of did it against Morant, not all the time. Uh, and things change when they didn't have Morant to attack, obviously, a later in that Memphis series. But can, can they just say, we're getting the switch, and we're going at Luka. Uh, let's see if they do They're that. They don't do that very much. They just They're
2: going to wait till until they have to do it. And even with Morant, right? They believe in, and they'll, they'll do this to Luka. It's not the direct attack that we see other teams do. It's the put them in action and let them get lost, right? And then that'll create the looks we want, but not like, Head up attack, they'll probably do the same with Luca, just put him in action and you know, let's see who he can keep up with. And then when it gets dire, then you try to go at him like that's that's the Warriors' and mo. We know, we know how they roll.
1: By the way, this is you know, I was listening to Nate Duncan talk about this, but this is a different defensive challenge for Luca, not one that he's nearly as comfortable with. That like, he's a big. Defender that like if you go at him like in isolation like he can at times hold up a little bit like Harden in that sense where you never really wanted to post up Harden but off ball stretched out to thirty feet the off ball action like that is the type of stuff that's going to tire him out and if it isn't tiring him out it's because he's not trying as hard as he needs to and Jason Kidd has shown he will call Luca out for that and I think that's what kind of turned the last series but I agree I mean we all know that that is going to be their strategy which is is to tire him out and get him in that reaction.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, empty has it has it clean. It's like they're going to try to switch him on to Curry, run the action, but don't isolate. Run Curry through the lane again and see if Luka loses him and then see if Curry's open you know, in the corner with five seconds left in shot clock. That's the Warriors, right? That's what they do. Sometimes you can counter that, but they're not going to just dribble it out and go right at them. They just, they just don't do it that way. Might not wear Luka down as much. We'll see. But it's going to be a long series. I think there's going to be a lot of different things we're going to see all at once. We're not going to see them in Game 1 or Game 2 right away. But it's fascinating. The strategy of this one is more interesting than it would be Phoenix. No question. There's just all these little different intricacies to this one.
1: I'd like to nominate Jordan Poole as the swing player in this series. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. In the two Dallas games, their final two Dallas games, it was right when he was in that point where he had moved to the bench and wasn't playing well and like we were all kind of like just wondering really about his I guess future this season and if he would rediscover his groove even though Clay Thompson was back he played 19 minutes in a home game went 0 of 7 against the Mavericks in a loss didn't play at all down the stretch I think they played Damian Lee over him that night that was when the Warriors blew that crazy lead and then he had a bad game the next game when they played Minnesota and then they went to Dallas I put it in my article but it's that interview I think everyone kind of remembers from Dallas and then the next night in Dallas 26 off the bench and that was the start of that streak he scored 17 straight games where he had 20 or more points it's like it is it will probably always be remembered as like the career leap that Jordan Poole made it started in Dallas um, and he is so important to what the Warriors need to do offensively, which is alleviate pressure on Steph, right? Jason Kidd is going to go Nick Nurse playbook, you know. He is just going to get the ball out of Steph, I think. And that means Jordan Poole has to help, has to score, has to uh, facilitate and just have a great offensive series. But he can't be on the floor if he can't survive defensively. So to me, like, a lot of this series is about allowing Jordan Poole to survive or, you know, creating an environment that Jordan Poole can survive defensively. And then he's got to do it himself, too. I'm going with Clay. <laughs> it's always Clay. You just
2: like what? What did what did Phoenix not have in in that series? Didn't have a second dude who could get buckets. And and in Game Seven they have anybody who could. But if you j- if you if Booker if you put him down for 25, who's getting the next 20? With Dallas, you just have to do that. Like you you have to have another dude being able to make shots and. Like Clay's going to get him. I, I think Clay's going to get shots in this series. You, we already know what Jason Key is going to do. Clay's going to get shots in this series. If he makes them, Dallas is going to have to switch it up. He, so, one or two big games from Clay might make the difference in this series. But I, I agree with you. Everything you're saying about Jordan Poole, I think it's correct. But I also think the finisher in a lot of these actions that's either started by Steph or started by Jordan Poole is going to be Clay Thompson to me he's going to be the difference maker if he has a bad game like you know some of them games he had in, <laughs> a couple of them games where he's like forced a shot so i don't think they i don't think they have a shot shot turnovers he's got, he's got to shoot the ball you call them shot yeah.
1: turnovers <laughs> maybe his worst game of the season was that dallas game uh, he had just he was just coming off being sick he had missed the, the previous two games and he came back and Remember he hit the side of the backboard on a jumper. He airballed a couple shots. Luca like put him on the ground basically on a dribble move. And Clay killed himself post game. <laughs> he's like, I can't be airballing, shooting the ball off the side of the backboard. And that was the reason they lost that game. Because part of the, you know, when they were trapping Steph and it was getting to Clay, he was just clanking everything.
0: He's got to play D too, by the way. Right. He's got to. Like there's he's going to be matched up with You know, whether it's Finney Smith or Brunson or somebody who's going to. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And like you can't you you have to guard him. Like you can't just be out there. And sometimes he's guarded well in playoffs. Sometimes he's not. He's you know, he's letting guys drive past him. There's no question. Brunson would be a really tough matchup for him. But if Clay can just hang in there, that would be gigantic in the shooting. you imagine You don't
2: think Brunson might be. But like Brunson is going down to the block, man. Like Brunson is trying to be physical. I, I feel like quickness is bothering But he's not yeah, starting. He's not, up he's not. Yeah,
0: he's starting up top and then he's, you know, he's attacking. And so those are tough for Clay. Those are tough for Clay right now. Brunson's hard to guard by anybody. But if that's who Clay ends up guarding, it's going to be a tough matchup. Uh, and they just got those guys that are, you know, Denwey does the same thing. He goes inside, outside. Like, these are tough guys to deal with when they go five out. There's just, there's just so much space out there you guys are right on pool and, and clay are great key aspects. I'm going to say Wiggins though, because he's going to be guarding Donchick and he's going to be a guy who's going to get shots too. We talk about guys getting shot. He's going to get shots. Like there's going to be a game where he should take 15 shots. Will he take the 15 shots and will he make seven of them? And will three of those be three? I just think he's, he's such a tilter for the warriors. You don't, you know, you don't see him. You don't really count on him. You don't think of him. And then he shows up like he did in game six or He's terrible, like some other game. Although he really hadn't been terrible, as we've said, this whole postseason, kind of a couple iffy games. But when he's good, they're tough to beat. Like, they are tough to beat. When Wiggins is hitting a couple threes, he's playing great on defense, he's getting deflections, he's rebounding the ball. And if we all feel like they're going to go small, which I think this is going to be the majority of the game for both teams, Wiggins is their four. (laughs) He's their power four. He's going to be in a lot of action just both ways. Because he's gonna be having a scrap for balls with Draymond. I just think Wiggins is gonna be gigantic in the series.
2: So are we getting the small are we getting the lineup back? <laughs> the one with no name? The one with <laughs> is, that is the lineup <laughs> gonna earn its name this
1: series? <laughs> they will it play it together, <laughs> but unless Dallas starts Kleba or goes smaller than that, I think Looney starts, especially after Looney's game six. Because Powell starts, but I think Powell's I think you just match up Looney's minutes with Powell's minutes in the series and then go small otherwise. And you know sometimes that's cool. Porter will be on the floor, obviously. If I'm Dallas, I take Powell out of the series because I think playing Powell is such a favorite of the Warriors. I, we'll see.
0: And they can't play Cla for 40, you know 40 minutes, but yeah, he's gonna play most of the time. And the Warriors can match. I mean, they can play – I think Porter is a good matchup for Cleaver, actually. Like, that's what the Warriors would be aiming for. So, maybe not small, small. But, yeah, Powell isn't going to be a huge part of this against the Warriors. And Looney might not be either. We'll, we'll see. Just the way these series go, right? They, they they end up going smaller and smaller. Except for when the Warriors go big in Game 6, and they completely startle me with it. I just don't see that. Like. They needed Looney when it was Adams and Jackson, and Dallas has nobody like that. You know, they have nobody like that. The need for Looney to be scrapping isn't going to be that big. They're going to go small. Again, it might be Porter, depending on how healthy that foot is, but it's going to be a lot of the small lineup, too. The, the lineup that, that should not be named. <laughs> it doesn't deserve to be named at this point. It got destroyed in game six in the, in the little they played. It just got walloped. They had to go with Looney. They just needed to be bigger. And they will get their chance again in this series. So you're going to have to because you're going to need to put as much scoring as you can against Alex. We will be right back after a quick word from our
1: sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card. I'm
0: Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
1: opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: I'm finishing up this uh, piece on Steph. I feel like this is a series where Steph's got to get loose. But also at the same time, he's been really good in fourth quarters. Like... He's kind of salvaging some of these off nights with big fourth quarters. How do you think Steph is playing? And with the
1: way Dallas is going to defend him, is is that enough? That's the problem with what you're saying. Like, I don't think Jason Kidd's going to let him, you know. Jason Kidd spent that entire fourth quarter in Dallas doubling him at every opportunity. And, like, Steph didn't take zero shots in 12 fourth quarter minutes because he just wanted to, you know, Pass it off. It's because Moses Moody's guy. But by, by the way, that same fourth quarter, Moses Moody had like 15 points. He was hitting, uh, you know, because he was just getting wide open shots. Because another guy, we out. might see this series. Yeah, yep.
0: There was, <laughs> there was talk about playing him in Game Six. By the way, it didn't happen. But there was talk about playing him. there's a guy who can step into shots. Like, w- will he be afraid to take a shot? And they don't think he would be afraid to take a shot. And I don't think he'd be afraid to take a shot.
1: Well, we know they're watching tape of the the Dallas matchups, and if they watch that game, he's impressive in it. But my. To Marcus's question, I just don't think Dallas is going to let him like, get off. Now, you might win off the attention that Curry draws, especially if the other guys are doing what they need to do. I just I don't think it's going to be some Luca on one end, Steph on the other, like one-on-one matchups, boom, 40 points for each. I just don't think Dallas will allow it. And Steph's like, it better not be Luca
2: on one end and and not me on the other. And Wiggins, if Wiggins up, look, has Wiggins. to beat them, yeah. then make Reggie Bullock beat yes, us. Exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. I think that's going to happen. I mean, again, you know, we'll, we'll see. And, and and Steph can get shots. You know, they're going to have to work the offense, as We always say they're going to have to do some things to get him free from some of the. It might not be straight double teaming. It's going to be blitzing. It's going to be try to take ball out of his hands. But he'll find a spots like he like he has throughout the playoffs, like he has in the fourth quarter. Like defenses get tired. They don't quite rotate as tightly. And you know, they lose a little focus. And that's when he's, you know, kind of sprung to life and, and hit those shots that are just a little bit freer. He's missed some open shots in the playoffs, though not so much the last few games. I imagine there's a big Steph game coming. I mean, sometimes they just happen, even if the defense is tilted all the way to him. There were big stuff games in the Toronto series. Like the, sh- the shooting percentage wasn't great, but what he scored 40 a couple times in that series, I think they're there. And I just think he's like, I would count on him being able to, to break it down more than Jordan Poole at this point. We'll see. I think there's a good game from Poole coming, but I think it's there. You Know these are big moments. I think see that they'll they take
2: for. it. TK, the Jordan
0: Poole big games early, <laughs> games one through three. Yeah, no, that's I think they'll take it. No, lawyers, absolutely. I mean, game one was he was huge, and that was the whole Memphis series practically like that. That changed the whole series winning game one with Draymond thrown out, and Jordan Poole was fantastic in that. And if you take it, okay, get us one, Jordan, get us one. <laughs> we'll take the other three. You get us one.
1: It's not coincidental how Poole's two series have gone either because. Both coaches said it, both opposing coaches said it within the series because of how good Poole was in one, two, three. Mike Malone had to change up his defense, throw more attention at Poole, put Aaron Gordon on him. Like that was a large part of their game plan by the middle of the series. Taylor Jenkins said the same thing because of how good Poole was early, they had to switch up their scheme. And that's the best thing Poole could do for the Warriors is like, even if he's not as good as the series kind of fades. If he just makes it so Jason Kidd can't obsess over Steph Curry all series, that's a huge deal. And get loose a little bit. I right? guess get loose a
0: little bit. Doesn't have to like put up 14, 18, 20 shots a game, but just get loose, be dangerous, couple those drives, don't turn it over as much. And I don't think he will. Memphis just Memphis just causes that. That's what he's there for. He's there for the other threat. He's there for the other challenge. And make sure that they have action going on that doesn't have to involve Steph all the time. That's what Kurt always does, right? Just those two guys, another ball handler, alternate ball handler. And that's what he's there for. And sometimes you got to score in that, in that realm. But mostly it be a threat. Mostly, you know, move the defense a little bit. Uh, and that's fine. And they will take it. Again, one good game, two good games, and then threaten the defense of the rest. I think they'll take that out of the pool. That would be huge if they got that from pool.
2: Yeah, I think uh, where pool to me... Is gonna be huge. Is the driving like if if you look at the two series that Dallas played, the success any success Utah had was because they just they just drove. They would get uh Luca on the island and, and drive past him. I think in the first series, I think it was Dallas and Utah had the most drives in the first rounds, like three fifty something. Phoenix just can't. They couldn't drive. They don't have dudes who do that. <laughs> they don't like in that you got to be able to break down that Dallas defense uh you got to be able to get past Bullock get past Dorian Finney-Smith get past uh, uh Spencer Dinwiddie. you got to be able to do that to to beat them so to me that's where Jordan comes in is while they're paying all this attention to, to Steph is him attacking and, and attacking and that's the thing that Jordan does does that like Clay doesn't do is like get downhill, get into the teeth of the defense and kick it out. That that's how you do it. Uh, Phoenix had 275 drives in seven games against Dallas, and Utah had 343 in six games against Dallas. That's what that defense is vulnerable to. So players, you know, I also think he's not a driver, but I also think that's where Kaminga comes in too, right? Just somebody get downhill. Downhill, if it's you know, Draymond can do it, Kaminga, Curry, and and and, and pool driving, like all of that is attacking that Dallas defense. You got to make make those dudes work in that way. So t- pool, I think is going to be big. The question though is, I'm thinking like, what's the adjustment they're going to make? You know, Aaron Gordon was the guy, his guard staff and being physical, and you got to switch Aaron Gordon over to pool. Like, however, they start on pool. What's the adjustment? They gonna start doubling
1: pool? They they don't have dudes like Aaron Gordon. I would just mean you don't maybe just like tilt everything. You know, to me, where the adjustment would come is if let's say at game one fourth quarter, Jason Kidd goes crazy like you know doubling stuff at you know Nick Nurse style essentially, and he keeps slinging it over his shoulder at half court, and suddenly it's just wide open. Jordan pool three. Jordan Poole to the rack. Jordan pull go, goes on an eight zero run or something like that. Jason Kidd goes. Hey, let's back out of that. You know what I mean. That's the adjustment. That's the option. Yeah. So
0: who do you think is it? Bullock on Curry and Finney Smith on on Clay to start. How how they start? I'd go Finney
1: question. Smith on on Steph. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Might be. Might be. And just their, their best guy. But Bullock played Paul great, by the way. He played Paul tremendously in the end of the series. But yeah, the, the fact is they got two of those guys they could throw at him. Brunson goes. Pawhead
2: had and, hamstring, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. And Brunson, yeah, Brunson goes <laughs> to, the, to the third, <laughs> it's a Pat Beverly talking here too. Uh, but uh, it's good you know, they got they can mix and match with that. You know, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I, I think the Warriors are gonna need Jordan pulling and stuff on the floor together a lot. And and they're gonna have to figure that out defensively because there's gonna be some weakness there. But they're gonna need those two threatening the Dallas defense because we know what they're going to do to Steph. and if the ball comes to wiggins and he won't shoot if the ball comes to draymond and he won't shoot if clay isn't isn't shooting well and that's when we've seen this bog down that that's when we've seen the warriors offense hit the wall they're going to need an alternate of that their alternate that is 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 an aggressive jordan Poole. and when jordan bull's out there he's usually aggressive offensively that's what he is
2: you know what's going to be the key to the series maybe i need to retweet the story Defending the corner three, oh, baby. Boy. Yeah,
0: no question. No question. Dorian Finney-Smith <laughs> yeah. takes
2: almost 50% of his threes from the corner. And Bullock is like 45% from the corners. And like 40% of his threes come from the corner. To me, you shut down a corner three, you take out a oh, major Oh, come on. We know the Dallas Warriors ourself. automatically shut that and down. And they will not. shut automatic <laughs> at
0: that. They're just so good at locking down the corner. Corner
2: three is going to decide this series.
0: The weak side corner three, they're so good at that. They're just so good. Yeah, we'll see. that They're going to give some of those up. That's what we, we, we mentioned before. They, just, they do that. They, they have so much help side sensibility. They always want to help. They always want to help inside, and the ball pops over their heads and goes to the outside, and somebody's open in the corner. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's, it's, it's just skill, but I think early on, there's going to be some open threes, and we'll see if, if
1: Dallas can hit them. Yeah, they're going to make all of them, just so you know. <laughs> just, they're, going to, they're going to make every one of them. The story in this series, Pace. Dallas is the slowest moving team in the league purposefully. Um, you know, they were 30th in pace this season. The Warriors are not, although, you know, maybe their reputation is like, you know, if run, gun, you know, threes and everything. They're middle of the pack from a pace perspective, but Steve Kerr likes them moving, um, especially Draymond, right? You know, get the rebound and go. And I just think that's going to be a, that's going to be an emphasis early in this series. Like it needs to be played, not, you know, glacially that's what that's what the warriors want whereas dallas is going to try to just slow this thing down grind it
0: Oh, well, the warriors can get the rebound and throw it away too pretty good that's they're really good at that uh, but i think that was you know exaggerated by Memphis' defense they just didn't want to play against Memphis' half court defense so they were just frantic trying to throw the ball ahead and it was crazy those were cr- i mean they were crazy in the game 6 too like just those throw aheads at, at at people's feet where there wasn't a huge advantage but that's them. That's part of what they do. They, they're careless with the ball. They can be mindless, as a Warriors speaker said to me. Like, maybe that's their new thing, be mindless, because some of those passes are just insane, but some of those shots are insane, and they make some of them. Some of these things are pulled off.
2: So, a quick question for you guys. Uh, tomorrow is will be two weeks since uh, GP2 hurt his um, elbow, and game four of the series will be three weeks out. I'm curious if you think I mean, if you think there's a chance that GP2 makes a return in this series at some point, probably the back half if any, and whether or not can he get some time on Luka?
1: Well, first of all, they're not ruling it out which is notable. He's clearly like in a, that,
2: that brace looks crazy though, right? That brace looks like he ain't coming back to 2025.
0: It does, although
1: <laughs> somebody called him, what, Winter Soldier? Maybe he comes back yeah. right <laughs> on. <laughs>
0: the club he's gonna go out there clubbing people
1: he did his interview yesterday he did an interview he was not wearing the brace in it now i don't know if that's just hey he did like a workout or some type of rehab where he had it off and he was about to put it back on maybe but he had it off yesterday i think he's gonna obviously push i mean we kind of know he has somewhat of that like hungry psychotic mindset where i think the earliest possible Point where they say, you know what, you could you could theoretically get on the court. He's like, okay, he's gonna do that. (laughs) Um, But if they're down three two and and we're to that point or something like that, then you could see him and like Luca's giving him fits. But if they're ahead in the series, if they're controlling the series, I do think everyone organizationally, Peyton included, is targeting the finals. The only way I think you see him in this series is if they're in danger of not making the finals, and he is physically able.
0: They could use the bodies, right? This is going to be every other day now. <laughs> and they're down bodies. We'll see, about Igudala. doesn't sound like he's too, coming back too soon. <laughs> and if he does come back, how long he could last since it's been in and out. But, like, they're down some bodies. And they're not – and they, they talked about it after one game six. Like, they, they're not young. And they could use time off. And they're not going to get a ton of it. They could use just to extend that rotation a little bit. And, you know, they're leaning on guys. They might have to lean them on them early in this series – They could use, I mean, I don't know whether that's Kaminga or that's Moody or that's getting GP2 back for just some minutes at the end, but they could use a Porter. How much can they lean on him? They need extra playable guys. And Peyton maybe for six and seven could give them five, eight minutes of good defense that gives someone else a rest. I'm looking at that saying they're not young. And every other day is a lot of flights and a lot of wear and tear. That's already built up a lot of wear and tear, played 11 games so far. I do think they need some extra guys in this rotation as this series goes on.
1: You know who's been okay in pre- past Dallas matchups? JTA. And I'm not. I don't think they're gonna bust him out of. Uh, you know. I think this is a series though. If you do, it is. Like, That's the thing. Like it's not a size series. Yeah.
0: Go get Kleber. Take him out. Take Kleber out. You could do something like that.
1: Well, he actually guarded Luca in the past, but I don't know. Anyway, probably going too deep down the rabbit hole with that. One. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh Steve is back you know obviously you know they're gonna, obviously everyone's gonna say Mike Brown did great Mike Brown is great right but what how does that change things having Steve back on the sidelines and I know in the past it felt more like I don't remember it being like this oh when Steve's coming back the last time he was out right I mean but they had Durant they were a machine <laughs> it's a little bit different
0: what is the impact of having Steve Kerr back on the sideline I think he's got a, a, just a feel for this, so, but he was like having a feel for it when he was out. Like he told, I was surprised he told Mike Brown before Game Five, if this gets out of hand, don't chase it. Like he's telling them, we might get blown out. Yes, take that was guys. wild, like, right? oh wow. I mean that's pretty <laughs> amazing. Like he's, he's in advance saying we're likely to get blown out here. So when in that event we're down fifty, take take everybody out. Like he he has a feel for this. I mean, some people think he, you know, he overreads some things, maybe, but I think he does have a, a, a real feel for especially Steph's Clay Draymond, just where their attitude, where their mood is, where their energy level is. So even more of that is good. Even, you know, with him right there, feeling it instead of reading it from afar is good. The conversation is good. The set, you know, and like he yells at him. And you know, I I'm sure Mike gets on him, but he can't get on them like Steve can get on him when they're Throwing the ball around and, and, and messing up like he gets on, they they do look to him for that stuff. So that's big. It's al- it's always big to have your leading voice. So Mike Brown is an amazing resource for them to have that he can step right in and do this. This is incredible luxury for a team to have, and they won't miss you him. Saying Mike Brown ain't cussing out <laughs> Steph Curry. Probably the not. Probably not. <laughs> I didn't see any broken uh, clipboards going on uh, in, in that game, and God knows there could have been, but. He's their guy. He's the voice. He's the one that, 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 you know, that they all listen to. Sometimes they love it. Sometimes they don't. But that, that's big. And, and in, a, in a tactical, tough series, you want your lead guy. You know, he's not texting Mike Brown if he's out to say, hey, here's switch up our defense on Luca, Right. He's going to be in there. He's doing it. This is big again. By what percentage? By what margin? Impossible to tell. Mike Brown's really good. But I just think it was amazing. He was coaching the team. Stylistically and in, in, in attitude-wise, from afar, he was K five, pull them. get those guys out of there.
1: That's this pretty is amazing. the Zoom era, good sir. <laughs> could, we, we could all do anything we want from afar.
0: Beeping, beeping in. Oh, by the way. Oh, wait a minute. I I'm gonna got a, a substitute here. Uh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, Clay and Steph, you're out. It was amazing. It
1: was amazing. You know they have laptops and stuff on the bench because you FaceTimed them to No. The, well,
0: I, I've been told right. you can't have contact. You can't do that. No electric, contact, okay. no electric contact. No electric even from even from the locker room.
1: Uh, That's the future, by the way. (laughs) Um, Coaching
0: via remote. I think some of those Memphis games, Kerr might be in favor of that, even when he's feeling just fine. But uh, I'll pass on that.
1: I think the biggest one of the biggest things it does is it just bumps Mike Brown into the responsibilities that he's hired for and has always done, which is like focus your entire day on defensive schemes and rotation patterns, particularly defensive schematics. Whereas Marcus remember walking into um, shoot around in Memphis before game five. And it's like, you know, Mike Brown is over there having a long conversation with Bob Myers. And then he gets up and like Mike Dunleavy needs to talk to him. Then Raymond Ritter's coming over because hey, you're about to do an interview with the media. This is the the points that these are the questions that will probably be asked. Whatever. These are the injury updates. And then he's coming over and he's doing a 20 minute session with reporters. And then other reporters want to talk to him because it's like you know he's suddenly become one of the major stories of the series. And I remember just chatting with him after briefly after one of the his media sessions i think it was a pregame one and he's just like you know suddenly he 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 was basically like man i can't wait for steve to be back so basically he can get to doing the job that he's supposed to do for this team which is like just spend your day scheming up instead of doing the ceo stuff the front-facing organizational stuff i just think because what he had to do in steve's absence it stripped away a very valuable like tactical coach because he couldn't really be that as much
0: hey, God knows he's pouring everything he has into this situation. But he's also putting together a staff and, 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 re, and taking over a new basketball team. So, I mean, that's got to be part of his thing. And again, not taken away from what he's doing for the Warriors, but that has to be somewhat on his mind. Kerr mentioned that. Like, this guy just got a new job. He's coaching the Sacramento Kings. It's, it's a lot on his plate. He, again, it's, a, it's an amazing resource to have. And I don't know what they would have done without him. But I was thinking, like, what if Mike Brown – also got COVID. Who would who would be the coach then? I guess Kenny Atkinson. I you know what Definitely Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, can yeah. But it's just you start to realize how bad Dang it. Is. I was rooting for DeMarco. Demarco taking Get over DeMar- Bruce Krazer taking over. Come on now. Actually Andre Godallo. <laughs> Andre Godallo taking over. By the
2: way, did he block have on block? a funeral suit at the game? No. Andre? He was dressed in all black. Right. Andre did he, he have a white Jackson? shirt.
0: So, Mark Jackson, uh, remember Mark Jackson in uh, game seven? He had a black
2: suit, black tie with the white I guess that's more MLK
0: than it is a funeral. Yeah, I think he was just looking, <laughs> looking sleek. Just looking sleek. I don't think it was a funeral suit. Maybe ask him about it. He might say. I do think Mike Brown's duties are going to be
2: especially important when you're trying to defend Luka. So, <laughs> that's a pretty big deal this series.
1: Yeah, like Mike Brown doesn't want to do like off day Zoom calls with 25 reporters where Zooms are being interrupted and stuff like that. Like he just would rather watch Luca tape, I think, and probably, you know, like Tim mentioned, I mean, at least some part of his brain has to be on the Sacramento Kings job. It is like a massive undertaking that he's about to. You know he's probably trying to think about that as little as possible, but just adding all the head coach, dude, he's
0: got assistant coaches calling him to hook on the staff like that. Just happens. oh man, like,
1: just can happens. you
0: imagine his phone? Oh my god, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> so, again, people get worried, oh no, he's being been right. This happens, right? This happens every year. Coaches talk about other jobs, they you know, this is not a new thing. Guys get other jobs. Luke Walton was the Lakers coach when he finished out the season with the Warriors. Was it 2016, I think it was? This happens. But it's just like when you become the interim coach, acting coach, this is like another thing to be piled on. And you have to talk to us. Like that's, you know, how horrendous is that? That's, that, that is a torture for anybody.
1: His Zoom call, but this would have been before game six, was enjoyable for me. <laughs>
0: Uh, But Steve relies on him for that rotation sheet. My God, I mean, that is like Mike puts it together, like with Steve's input, obviously. But Mike's the one who writes down the shifts. And Kerr sometimes goes directly by it, sometimes moves off of it, but it's the basis for how they play guys. And God knows, you know, you know me, I pay attention to rotation. Mike Brown sets that up and then they work within that. That's really important for this team, and it's going to be, you know, as they go deeper and deeper against better teams and tougher situations, it's incredibly important for Kerr not to have to be the guy writing it all down, just be able to work through it. And that's Mike Brown.
2: Going to be a fun series, fellas. We will be with you many times after every game on Where's All 82. You'll You'll just hear a lot from us over these next couple of weeks. Until then, we will holler at you after game one Wednesday night at Chase Center.
1: Omaha, Omaha.